song. I'm <laughs> wearing my headphones listening to it. Anyway. A lot of shit happened. It's still going on, so... As we speak. Rioting. Looting. The whole fucking anarchy shebang. what it is, it just, the more I hear people talk about the end times, the more clear things get. Yeah. That's what I feel like. I feel like it's just that. Yeah. I feel like that's what's going on. The world is ending. We're all just on it for the ride. <laughs> you know. I mean, last night. Uh, the po- by the way, the podcast episode might be short because my throat has just been acting up lately. Um, I forgot to mention that. Like last night, I was just like my throat felt like I was on fire. Like, man, that's what it feels like. I don't know what it is, but yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of weird though. Like it felt like my thank you, love. Good luck. <laughs> it felt like like last night, like my throat was just like burning. It was just like on fire. I I drank literally like three bottles of water. So I finally went to bed. Like this, that's what it just felt like. My throat was just like burning. Yeah. So. I think it was just mainly I was like talking a lot yesterday. <laughs> I was just like talking about how much I was just pissed off and aggravated, especially like last night. I turned on the news. The fucking. I know I'm gonna use this term, I know a lot of people are gonna get angry about this. Soros savages. Thugs. Set a church on fire. Across this. Across from the White House, like it was in the same plaza as, White, as the White House, they set a fucking church on fire, a historic church on fire, and that just would piss me off. It was just like you set a church on fire. And a lot of these, like, celebrities and stuff, I'm going to talk about the protests and stuff, and I got blocked by a lot of celebrities, Steve Carell, Susan Sarandon, Michael Moore, (laughs) some Netflix singer, actor I'd never fucking heard of, let me find him, I was just like, and a lot of thing is, uh, oh here it is, Netflix star Brian Platt, and 
Never heard of him. Don't know who the fuck Brian Platt is. Or Brian, is it Brian? No, Ben. Ben Platt. Ben, ben Platt. Never fucking heard of him. Um, never heard of him. He wrote this tweet. And here's the thing about it. Hollywood actors and celebrity celebrities and all that, they need to realize something. Especially the actors and actresses. You're not the fucking characters in movies and shows that you play in. You're people. People. You're just pretty people who pl- who read lines that writers wrote. Okay? You're none of those things. You're not... I mean, fuck's sake, Sean Penn took it a step further after doing Harvey Milk, I think it was. He's like, I'm going to go speak for people, I'm going to save the world, I'm going to do that. Hurricane comes, Katrina, he's down there with a boat and a fucking shotgun, acting like he's an action movie star. You're none of those things, mate. You're none of them. You're just a fucking actor. (laughs) That's all you are. Nothing more. Just a line reader. So Ben Platt wrote, White people at home, please... Keep donating to bail funds below. White people at protests. Though we can't control undue violence from police, please don't perpetrate unrelated chaos that the media will blame black protesters and leaders for. Here's the thing, dumbass. Everybody knows... White people also protest. <laughs> and here's the thing about it. like these, This dude, like I, I wrote on there, is like, you do realize that people, one, lost their fucking job. Two, there's a coronavirus happening. Three, none of us have no money. <laughs> right now, <laughs> to bail out dumbasses who... Who... Are doing stupid shit. None of us could do it. And Susan Sarandon. Defund the police. Yeah that's going to lower crime magically. I like the. I've been using a lot of the. Line that Brian Cox. Who's an actor. Who I don't think even speaks to people. In social media. Where he uh said in the show oh fuck off <laughs> like I've been using that one a lot like just like... And, and it's the thing about it like I I remember somebody told me this it's like you, you realize how how you realize like all of a sudden this protest nobody's talking about coronavirus or any of that anymore like they're just like all of a sudden talking about protests riots destruction and I just said, yeah, thank George Soros for that. Because <laughs> that's, that's who it is. Like George Soros, and I actually have the quote that he actually said. I saved it on my phone. He said this once, and everybody just doesn't look at it. He said this. This is what George Soros once said. Quote, I'm going to bring down the United States by funding black hate groups. We'll put them into the mental trap and make them blame white people. Black, the black community is the easiest to manipulate. 
That is who George Soros is. George Soros became wealthy and stuff by controlling the world. Like, he was a Jewish person and he snitched to Nazi soldiers where Jewish people were hiding. He was a snitch. He was basically the white Al Sharpton. Because Al Sharpton snitched. <laughs> That's who Al Sharpton is. Al the Rat. You know, he ratted and snitched on people. Um, I mean, it's who George Soros is. It's like, just that. But anyway, these Hollywood celebrities are helping to pay for Minnesota protesters bail. This is People magazine. You know, they, you know, people have to make them look heroic and beautiful and heroes. But in reality is they're paying for rioters bail. Because there's pe I, I will say this, there's peaceful protesters. And I've seen a lot of video. There's been video I even I think liked and shared one which was on Twitter which was uh, this guy telling these, you know, Antifa type people, well, they're basically Antifa, <laughs> that we don't need you. We're doing this our way. We're doing it peacefully. We're, we're just doing that. You came from, I don't know where you came from, but you're coming here to cause more destruction and mayhem than than helping protesting. Yeah. And it was just like this dude was just basically t going off on them, like, saying, like, you're going to wake up in your own neighborhood, we're going to wake up here, you know, just basically throwing that out there to them, like, and that's the thing about it, that's what happened in Ferguson, and I always bring this up, I watched Ferguson riot and protest, I watched businesses, neighborhoods get destroyed. And they're doing it again, by the way. They're destroying. <laughs> and that was the thing about it. Like, I kept bringing this up. Like, a lot of people thought it was crazy. Well, I said this. You know, like, once it was, like, revealed that they're in Chicago doing it. I'm like, you know that's going to bleed over here. Because, you know, Chicago is going to spread it like a herpy. What Chicago's doing is going to fucking come over here. And thankfully this time we don't have a Democrat governor. <laughs> you know. You know, we have the farm boy from a small town in Missouri and he's actually fucking doing something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like the first time I'm just like, are you trying to get my vote? Because <laughs> you might get it. <laughs> like, you're doing shit. Like, <laughs> I never... <laughs> I never expected, like, and that was the funny thing about it, like, I, I actually like him, I, it's, it's funny and strange, you know, for a dude who was once asked by a kid, who's your favorite superhero, Superman, I'm just like, okay, because <laughs> he grew up on a farm, <laughs> like, I'm just like, I might, I'm, I'm actually might go vote for this dude, because he's actually doing something, he's like, alright, protests in, and the thing about it is, like, a lot of people got on to him and stuff. It's like, you know, he can't deal with the protests, right? He's dealing with the coronavirus. It's like, 
I'm sure this dude gets one word that something's happening. He's like, you know, send in, you know, state police, national guard, send them all in, because that's what he's doing. <laughs> like, so anyway, it's like once something happens in Chicago, it's gonna come over here and stuff. And uh, there's a lot of things that's happening. Um, my plans for Six Flags St. Louis and all that has been canceled this summer because they're requiring people to wear masks outside in the park in the humid the heat and humidity during the summer and they're closing the water park they're not going to have the water park open because COVID CDC something guidelines (laughs) so I'm just like, you know what? What's the point? Yeah. It's like, what's the point of even going? It's like, I I said this before. Who the fuck is going to wear a mask in 90 degree, almost 100 degree temperatures? Who is going to wear that? I'm sure as hell ain't. No way. I ain't doing it. So, anyway, back to celebrities. A lot of them are bailing out. A lot of these Hollywood celebrity, you know, Hollywood celebrity types are donating. Bailing out a lot of these uh, rioters, these... burning down buildings. They're bailing them out. I mean, of course they're going to bail them out. It's easy for them to bail it out because none of the riots or protests are coming to their gated community mansion places. You know. I mean, it's easy for them. They can live behind a gate, behind security guards and point their fucking finger at people like us who are like you know you're the problem why the, their community is burning down it's like no this time it's different it's like no you fuckers have been doing this shit i mean like they're they've been the type of people that's been on uh social media um talking about you know how difficult it is you know, during this time of crisis, this coronavirus crisis, we can't go outside, we can't do anything, it's like, then the next thing you know, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) God bless him, like, I like Arnold Schwarzenegger, except he ruined Mr. Freeze, (laughs) even though he has a kick-ass Funko Pop looking figure that's coming out. (laughs) And I actually want to buy it. He is... I don't know what this dude has been doing since he got divorced. (laughs) But this man needs a reality show. He has a donkey. He has a donkey... 
and it hangs out with him at it, near his jacuzzi and pool. And it's like, what are you doing during this entire <laughs> this entire time? And he recorded that during the whole coronavirus. I'm just like, why didn't this man have like a YouTube series of like what he's doing? <laughs> it's just like I, I like to know what this man's been doing for a while and stuff and I know a lot of people vilified him because he divorced a Kennedy and he cheated on her with the maid and and they both were pregnant at the same time it's easy they're twins so anyway Here's been a lot of the crazy hypocrisy of of it all. I mean, when you think about it, like these entire celebrities posting and like you had Hazley um, out there with the protesters. I don't know who the fuck Hazley is to begin with. And all that, like, so, yeah, I got blocked by them. I got blocked by a lot of celebrities. The Susan Sarandon one, she kind of, like, I kind of saw it coming. Because, like, once you write something stupid, I have to respond. Oh, yeah, defund the police. Crime will magically disappear at Susan Sarandon. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like... Michael Moore, of course, I, he wrote his stupid ass thing, and I wrote to Mike Moore, people like you, at Michael Moore, encouraging riots by destroying people's businesses, property, is not peace or peaceful. You should be charged for inciting riots. And a lot of people talk about these Hollywood celebrities blasted for donating protesters protesters bailout funds as rioting and violence escalate they should have known that because there's like one video which was shown a man defending his business from being looted got the fuck beat out of him this dude got beaten by a gang of rioters looters beaten kicked in the head it was a miracle that one of the protesters peaceful protesters was a nurse on site and treated him like you know got you know they peaceful protesters surrounding him so the police could and paramedics could come in and get him to the hospital if not he would have fucking died in the street outside his business do these celebrities in Hollywood know that no they don't know that. They don't fucking care. They just want to look like heroes. They want to look like idols. They want to look good. You know, we're you know we're, we're liberal. We're with you. All this shit. They don't know that. I mean, shit. Like, there was this woman who was on uh, the news. I found a video of it. She was saying that 
due to the riot and all these things that there's no bus coming to her neighborhood so that she could go to the store that isn't near her. And she said the next stores that are near her are now looted, destroyed by these rioters. And she has no places to go, no stores to go to, no transportation. Do Steve Carell and anyone else care? No. They don't fucking care. It's not their problem. They live behind this big ass mansion with a giant fence surrounding it and they they have a gated gated community. They don't care. It's not coming towards them. They're they're fine. They're safe. Yeah, they're safe. They have security system. They're safe. They're fine. <laughs> they don't care. I mean, I live in a fucking trailer park. And one, they're never going to come here because, you know, we're, we're fucking crazy people. <laughs> I mean, they might. Who knows? We have nice stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, it's already talks about, like, protesters and rioters coming in our neighborhood, which isn't a surprise to begin with. Because we already had, like, Black Lives Matter protesting here. You know. But this is what I wrote about this article where they're talking about celebrities doing all that. People who lost their jobs, their businesses, and properties should protest outside each of these Hollywood scumbags' homes. That's what I basically wrote. Yeah, so... So, anyway. It was kind of funny, though, getting blocked by a lot of these celebrities. I have to put up an explicit thing for the podcast um, because, you know, the episode might pull down. <laughs> and yeah, Joe Biden. I said this once, if the coronavirus doesn't kill us, Joe Biden will. And <laughs> I never got, it was kind of the funniest thing, I, my uncle who I used to talk to, who is now with the Manson clan, um, <laughs> was so appalled and angry by that tweet not that tweet but that message on Facebook the Facebook uh, comment sorry Facebook comment um and he was just so appalled and triggered by that by that comment that I wrote because he thought you know he, he of course wrote like COVID-19 is not a joke the coronavirus attacks people with weak immune system, heart issues, high blood pressure, all that. You should be worried and concerned because you have high blood pressure. And I wrote to him like, dude, I take vitamins. I eat healthy. I do my social distancing. In fact, I've been doing it longer before it became a thing. <laughs> so, nothing to worry about. 
So, Joe Biden, of course, bragged about <clears throat> that he's bailing out rioters and stuff like it. Like, everything became crazy over this whole thing. President Trump had to go to a bunker. You know. And Don Lemon, of course. <laughs> um, got upset because, you know, A-list celebrities ain't doing much because, you know, during this protest. <clears throat> so anyway, let's get to the regular show. I had to, like, vent my thoughts and opinions on the riots and stuff. Uh, Saturday. Saturday was... Saturday was pretty fun. Um, I took my nephew to the Half Price Bookstore. He found out, like, he was looking for something. Uh, and he asked me, like, can you drive me up to Half Price Books? I'm like, hell yeah, I can. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing to do, so why not? Um, so we went, we went to Half Price Books. We had to wait till it's, like, open, and we had to, like, wait outside. Because, you know, the St. Louis County, and we went there because it's like, you know, they're having protests in St. Louis. It might come over to St. Louis County. Everything might shut down again because of, uh, people not socially distancing during protests. Instead, they're all together in a pack and and stuff. And <clears throat> Sorry, my throat. Um, so, it, it kind of concerns me because it's like, I said this <clears throat> yesterday. If these people, if the people who are protesting, rioting, and looting, and all that, are not socially distancing, this means a lot of places are going to be like, you know what? It might spread. The coronavirus might spread. So we might have to, you know, go back to phase one. So that's what that's what annoys me now. It's like, which means that stores and things might be closed because of this, you know, coronavirus thing. And you have St. Louis County, of course, saying we want to test people and also we want to chip you know, we want to not chip, but track people. You know, they want to do the testing, then they want to track people, which is like, you people are fucking crazy <laughs> to want to do that. So, we went to half price. Then I said, like, hey, have you ever run to, you know, V Stock? And he's like, what's that? It's like, V Stock's kind of like half price books and uh, also like GameStop. It's like a mixture, uh, the top level of the stores, video games and t-shirts and collectibles, action figures, which is cool because I saw some kick-ass action figures. <laughs> I didn't buy any. <laughs> I instead found some books. And I found like one, uh, one comic at half price for two bucks, which is an Elseworlds story and it's a Batman, Batman Elseworlds story. Batman Houdini, The Devil's Workshop. Which is really cool. It's about... It's a mystery. The master of magician meets the man of mystery. Houdini meets Batman. So I saw that. I was just like, I'm buying that book. 
So <clears throat> I really like it. I think it's a cool looking comic and I like um the story and stuff and I never read it. It always looked like something I've it looks interesting to me because I love Elseworld stories, and I think that's I think they should do more of those. Like they should do Elseworld stories into like animated and live action films, especially animated, since the success they had with Gotham by Gaslight. You know. <clears throat> so we went into V Stock. I haven't been in V Stock since. Well, since before the coronavirus, I haven't been in there. And it was kind of crazy. Um, I mean, they were packed, but it was pretty cool. Like, But, you know, wearing the mask and stuff, you could definitely smell that they cleaned it. Um, it was kind of crazy, though. It's like, I was wearing the mask, and I saw, like, one dude not wearing a mask. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> And stuff, and um, so I went to the comics area, and <clears throat> my nephew doesn't read a lot of comics, and he hasn't read the current stuff, and he's like, I don't know what to start with. I'm like, let me look, and uh, he was a he, he likes Deadpool, but he doesn't like the, like the current run of Deadpool. I take it like he just doesn't really care for it. I, t- I take it he likes the Rob Liefeld Deadpool era, not, you know, run and stuff. When Deadpool started out with Rob Liefeld, you know, creating it and all that. I was just like, oh, that's cool. But he likes some of, like, the Deadpool, like, uh, I remember, I think it was, like, and the funny thing is I have, like, Deadpool's first appearance reprinted. Like, I have the first, you know, the, the reprint of Deadpool's first appearance and stuff, and and I have, like, the, uh, I think the 70s Deadpool. <laughs> like Deadpool in the 70s. Where in the cover it says, uh, talk and jive and take lives. <laughs> like, so. But I found like one that he, I found one comic that I thought like, man, you might get a kick out of this one. It's, uh, Spider-Man Noir number one. And it's about the, Noir Spider-Man. And. Like I I don't read a lot of Spider-Man books. But the Noir Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099. Are like my two favorites. And I did watch the Into the Spider-Verse. And I was just like oh shit. They got Spider-Man Noir. And they have my favorite actor doing the voice of it. Nicolas Cage. Take my money. (laughs) Like. I watched that. (laughs) So, I found some comics um, in there. Like, two I had to get because I read 1 through 6, Curse of the White Knight. They had 7 and 8, and I had to buy those because it was just like, I read 1 through 6. I have to know what happens. Um, And I haven't gotten around to reading them yet. Uh I did get to look through the eight, and when I saw the ending, I my my jaw dropped. Like what? 
and I can't give away the ending, so I just couldn't believe it. Like my my jaw just dropped. Like shit. Like um, the other two. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I found five comics and one novel. So the novel is pretty cool looking. Um, Predator Hunters three. Uh, I never, I haven't read Predator comics in a while, um, except Batman vs. Predator, and I saw these comics, uh, I've been kind of interested in reading Predator, um, I know they released a new video game of it, the PlayStation 4 Predator video game, and I was just like, shit, like, really? <laughs> and it's from the people who made uh, Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Friday the 13th I played um which was really fun by the way for those who never played it it's really cool it's like especially when you play as Jason you're going to have like a fucking blast playing Jason Voorhees and my sister had it and when I was hanging out over at my sister's at my sister's house uh after her um, ultrasound and stuff, she's like, have you played the new Friday the 13th video game? I was like, they made one? <laughs> she's like, yeah, you had, have you played it? I was like, no. And I played it. Uh, her, and her, her and her friends were on there uh, playing it. And I played it as Jason. My brother-in-law was playing it as well. And I killed each and every one of them. In the video game. I played as Jason. I killed them all. I hunted them down and killed them all. <laughs> and I thought, like, this video game's epic. <laughs> and my brother-in-law was just like, let's not have Josh play as Jason. <laughs> and I was just like, this video game's epic. And all of a sudden when I heard about Predator, I was just like, I want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get to play as Predator, or you have to play as one of the people trying to survive? I was just like, if if they let you play, if I get to play as Predator, forget it. The video game's over. You might as well put down the controller and just walk away. Because <laughs> I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a ball with this. <laughs> so. Friday, Friday the Thirteenth is pretty cool. Uh, you get to play as like, you get to play as like the, the classic Jason. Like you get to play as like the Baghead Jason, uh, and they have like from I think, I think part two to like, I think seven. I, I think I don't know. It's like, but the the point is you get to play as Jason. But each each Jason you uh, they have has a different skill set and weak strength and weaknesses. And different weapon. Like Jason Baghead has... Um, I think the pickaxe. And the one Jason with the hockey mask has shears. One has a poker or something. Where you get like... A spear or something. Like I forget. And Jason of course has a machete and... A meat hook and all that. Like Not a meat hook but a meat cleaver. So... Those were like the different type of Jasons, and it, it it's pretty cool. I will I will admit, like, 
Um, it's definitely fun when you play it with a group, but I, th- I take it if you play it with bot- offline bots, they it's not much of a it's not much of a challenge. It's more like a fun time. <laughs> so anyway, that's what it is, and it's just like um, Predator. I think I take it as like you have to survive, and you have guns, and you get to shoot. So it's basically like um, P that uh, that shooting game PWG or something P something I'm trying to remember what it is um, PUBG um, mobile it's like it's kind of like that and that's what Friday the thir- Friday the Thirteenth is it's like you. You work with the group, and when you're the survivors, you work with the group, and you try to gather up everything you can from, like, police radio, uh, a radio thing to call for help, a car uh, to get the battery and get in the car and start it up and get the hell out of where Jason is. Um, and I, I, th- I think the radio, you get to either call Tommy Jarvis or help from the police and all that like and when I, I take it like one of the players gets to play as Tommy Jarvis and Tommy Jarvis is the one who can kill Jason and all that like it's kind of a crazy fun video game so yeah I got I got to play that one and it was actually fun like I really enjoyed it um I remember after playing it I had to like question my morality <laughs> it wasn't like The Walking Dead uh, let's just say it like that. It's not like Telltale Walking Dead, where after playing an episode, I have to like put down the controller and question my choices <laughs> and stuff. But when you had to kill Duck, uh, that one hit me. That one just gutted me. Like when you had to kill Duck, Duck, the little kid, like who got bit by a zombie or scratched by a zombie. I forget. But I. I remember that one. I was just like, I had to put the controller down and just question my moral choices in life. (laughs) So. So, the other comic uh, I found is something to add to my DC Comics Looney Tunes collection. And... It is Lex Luthor, Porky Pig. Um, I found it, and I was so happy that I did. Um, the cover's creepy looking, I'll say that. Porky Pig looks fucking creepy. It's not the Looney Tunes cover, it's like the comic book artist cover. And Porky is just creepy looking. Like, he looks, he's basically the pig man. <laughs> and um it is it is really interesting comic um you it's it's basically like the oddest pairing ever which is Porky Pig and Lex Luthor together like it's basically Porky works for Lex Lex is like this Steve Jobs type of person and Daffy Duck causes mischief and mayhem that, you know, which causes the downfall for Porky. 
uh, Yosemite Sam makes an appearance in it. Uh, the Gray uh, Bulldog as well. And the Looney Tunes one is pretty cool. Um, I preferred the Looney Tunes comic short. <laughs> so finally, the novel. Um, I I know DC has made novels uh, with you know Titans books and all that. They did the Killing Joke, Mad Love, Harley Quinn story. Paul Dini, of course, wrote co-wrote the novel. I found Batman: The Court of Owls, and it's it's really cool. I I, I have a lot of Batman novels. I have Returns. Uh, Wayne's of Gotham, uh, Batman, Nightwalker, Catwoman, Soul Stealer. Um, they actually made comics in, of of those, by the way. Uh, I did get to, I did see the comics. I did not want to pay the price <laughs> for it. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty sad that the novels, the novels cheaper than the comic. Um. And stuff, but Game of Thrones comic, holy shit! Like they wanted a lot of money for that one. Um, so I found the novel Court of Owls, and I've been wanting to get you know one of these books. Uh, Killing Joke, I kind of wanted to read it, but the movie kind of killed it. And it's pretty weird though. Like Alan Moore is not involved in the comic of the sorry, not the comic, but the novel, which is pretty strange. Um, instead, it's award-winning crime novelists Christina Faust and Gary Phillips. So, uh, the Court of Owls, of course, was written by Scott Snyder, uh, who did the comic. But instead, the novel is done by, um, Greg Cox. So, it's a different, I, I take it's a different take of the story just with an author's you know take on it so it's a it's a batman novel a original prose novel by greg cox so i can't wait to read it like i i love the court of owls comic story um i wish they would have done the animated movie different um i mean not different but kind of like it but instead they made it Batman versus Robin um that just kind of like it kind of bugged me a bit like I think that's what it was like the that was like the one animated movie I did not like until Justice League Dark Apocalypse <laughs> I hate that movie <laughs> like that that movie was just that movie was sad like so um, yeah, it was just, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the cover, I, cover I really dig it's that's the thing about it like the covers that they do for these books even from like 
um, Killing Joke to Mad Love to Court of Owls. It's really a, a cool-looking cover that I will admit, like, if they made it into a t-shirt, I would buy it. Because the cover is, like, the the poster of Batman. Then when they rip the page of it, it shows... You know... The villain and stuff, so... So let's get to the... Uh, I'm trying to hold on. I'm opening up new tabs for stories to read. Um, let's start with this one Kevin Smith. <clears throat> Kevin Smith, a sell, Kevin Smith sells out. Now, I liked Kevin Smith. Um, Kevin Smith was... I th- Kevin Smith is, like, one of my favorites still, like... I don't know much about He-Man at all. Um, but the problem with Kevin Smith is he cries a lot. <laughs> uh, he cries at, like... Every, I remember, like... Someone, like, I think he recorded himself watching the Flash TV series, and he started crying. And I remember just sitting there going, like, the the fuck is this? Like, it's kind of weird, though, because it's like, you know, seeing Kevin Smith today makes me miss the old Kevin Smith of the, you know, good old times, the... Clerks, Dogma, Chasing Amy, Mall Rats, Clerks 2. I mean, that was the good Kevin Smith. And today's Kevin Smith, like, I I mean, I get it. Like, the guy survived a heart attack. Like, I, I get it. Like, he... He survived it. He overcame it. But it's just like... He kind of became... Yeah, he basically kind of became a sellout. Now, like... here, it is, Here's what the article is. Uh, has Kevin Smith gone to the dark side as his Netflix He-Man series is now instead become a She-Man series? Reports that the new animated Master of the Universe... Revelation series, noted not titled He-Man, will debut on Netflix to focus on Tila, who's in lore, who in lore is the captain of the Royal Guard, the adopted daughter of the Man at Arms. I don't know what the fuck that is, but okay. Uh, it's said that he, while He-Man will be around, he won't be a main protagonist, but instead the ser- but the series instead will show focus on Tila. 
I take it that's He-Man's sister. <laughs> I take it. I don't know. Like I said, like I don't know shit about He-Man. And I really... I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really going to watch the series to begin with, so... Just putting that out there. There's actually rumors back in March of how Tila and her girlfriend would take over the He-Man dude, He-Man hero duties. Rumor offered that Tila is a better He-Man than Adam, and he steps aside to let her and her girlfriend take over the hero duties. Okay. However, showrunner Kevin Smith refutes the He-Man rumor claims. Kevin Smith shot down that the rumors in March by tweeting, As showrunner, I really could have used these story suggestions before be locked the scripts. However, no, He-Man does not step aside and Tila has no girlfriend in our show. Storyline's pretty dark and way metal before Revelation. And we're going, we're going, uh, sorry, we're calling it the end of the universe. Descriptions for Netflix He-Man has surfaced at last year's PowerCon. Seems to refute Smith's tweets and said it's all about Tila. So here I take it as the synopsis of it. Uh, Before, but after the ferocious battle forever fractures... I don't know what the fuck that place is. It's up to Tila to solve the mystery of the missing sword of power and race against time to prevent the end of the universe. Her journey will uncover secrets of Grey Skull at last. Description also perhaps ironically states, This is the epic He-Man and the Masters of the Universe saga fans have been waiting 35 years to see. Holy shit, they've been waiting 35 years. If anyone who's been waiting 35 years for the show, I have to ask, was it worth the wait? <laughs> like, I'm still waiting for a sequel to Batman Returns. <laughs> so, <laughs> when is that happening? It furthers claim that Kevin Smith's He-Man will be a sequel series. Oh shit, the last time they ever made anything that's a sequel series didn't really turn out so great. Star Wars. Again, while He-Man will certainly be around, the show will focus on Tila. Kind of like how Star Wars focused on, um, um, what's her name? What was her name? Ray. Sorry, Ray, yeah, Ray. Sarah Michelle Geller, Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame, will voice Tila. The show will also include Mark Hamill. Oh man, this is what Buffy's doing now. I mean, seriously, like, why couldn't they just bring back Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Like, I would fucking pay money to see a sequel series to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, seriously. Like, I... I mean, I know Sunnydale was destroyed and... You know, and all that, but... Damn. 
what happened to Buffy and her crew, like the Scooby gang and all that. Kevin Smith did take to Twitter to shoot down the rumor on Friday, stating, quote, I read every at Masters official script uh, uh, sorry, script for our show, plus wrote a few and f- viewed four amazing anim- animated scenes. While Tila is as present as she always been in the Master of the Universe adventures, she plays a big role in our series and is literally all about He-Man. I will admit the poster looks pretty fucking cool. <laughs> So, I will admit, like, that is pretty cool. Uh, so, anyway, I don't even know what... I'll be honest with you, I don't know what's going on with He-Man. And, um, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch the show. I mean, if it was Clerks 3 or... I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't even want to watch anything. <laughs> like, like I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't want to watch it because... If you want to see a good Kevin Smith movie where you're just asking what the hell is happening, watch Yoga Hosers. <laughs> like, watch that movie, then come back. Because Yoga Hosers is probably the worst movie I have ever seen. And I've seen some pretty bad movies. I mean, I've seen some really bad, bad, bad movies in my time. I mean, but Yoga Hosers is just straight up crazy. You know, so, um, let's see. Anyway, this one's about Superman. J.J. Abrams is doing Superman. Could be Henry Cavill rumor. It's claimed that J.J. Abrams is doing Superman and that his choice for Man of Steel may be Henry Cavill. Recently saw news about Henry Cavill returning to Superman. It's said that Warner Brothers has no current plans for Man of Steel 2 and that Henry Cavill will make an appearance in other DC films such as Aquaman 2, Black Adam, and Shazam 2. Regarding the J.J. Abrams... It was, of course, reported that he would be taking on the Man of Steel, as DC Insiders said in last summer at Comic-Con that Abrams would be taking on Green Lantern. Abrams since then has announced that he's developing the Justice League Dark series for HBO Max, which has, of course, Constantine, Dead Man, Swamp Thing, Zatanna. Hopefully it has... Uh, Dr. Fate. I really want to see a Dr. Fate TV series when I think about it. I really want to see a Dr. Fate show up. (laughs) Uh, It was also told that Abrams would be recasting Superman for a younger actor to fit with Robert Pattinson's Batman. And that some sort of soft DCEU reboot was in the works involving James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. However, things maybe have changed with Henry Cavill returning as Superman. Which means that Robert Pattinson's... What does this mean for Robert Pattinson's Batman is anyone's guess? So, 
Abrams is doing Superman with Henry Cavill, rumored uh, YouTuber, according to YouTuber John Campia. I'll be honest with you, this dude is never right. <laughs> John Campia is the same dude that said there is no Snyder Cut. Guess what? There is a Snyder Cut, so... According to YouTuber John Campia, two sources have filled him in that J.J. Abrams is indeed doing Superman. Capia claims that the source filled him in that the previous about the previous DC info that come true that Ben Affleck was leaving Batman. Capia said one source has said that J.J. Abrams is doing Superman and that Abrams could very well use Henry Cavill. That is true because the two did in fact work together, sort of. Uh, Abrams is the producer of the Mission Impossible films, and uh, Henry Cavill, of course, was in Mission Impossible, and he was the villain. <laughs> so, but he also did kick the shit out of <laughs> Tom Cruise. So, <laughs> oh, that was a good fight, though. Um, anyway, uh, second source, uh, yeah. Sorry, Capia said uh, the reason they have announced the reason they have announced anything is that they want Abrams to still have some flexibility in making the decision. Of course, you have to thank Dwayne Johnson for Henry Cavill's return. Obviously, they've you know talked about um Henry Cavill, of course, returning to the big screen as Superman is because of Dwayne Johnson. Johnson reportedly wanted to keep the DCEU as a shared cinematic universe involving Black Adam, the Justice Society of America. Shut up and take my fucking money on that one. <laughs> Justice Society of America? Take my money. I want to see that. I mean, come on. You know, that'd be awesome. And that's what I'm looking forward to, like, seeing in the, uh, that's one thing I want to see in, like, the Stargirl series is, um, flashbacks of the Justice Society of America, like, have, uh, Jay Garrick the Flash show up, uh, Sandman, man, that would be awesome. I kind of want to see that, like, I, I really want to see that now, like, I mean, I would love to see, like, um, Helena Wayne show up. You know, Huntress, Helena Wayne. Like, I would love to see that. Like, that'd be like the most awesome thing ever is just to see, um, you know, a lot of these other characters show up. Like, you know. So. <clears throat> and that Justice Society has been having a standalone movies. And he wants Henry Cavill back as Superman. Once Henry Cavill Superman involved. The Rock has also commissioned Henry Cavill Superman art versus Black Adam, which is pretty cool, by the way. Yeah, you have uh, you have Henry Cavill Superman like hovering above Black Adam. In the background, you have like the Daily Planet globe, um, like knocked over like, on the ground, and everything's, like, destroyed, and there's, like, Black Adam, like, wiping blood from his mouth, and you have Henry Cavill Superman just hovering above, 
it is like really like like some cool looking artwork so um we should also poss probably add that Dwayne Johnson is actually invested in Henry Cavill as basically his production company manages the Superman actor Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife, business partner, co-founder of the production company, Danny Garcia, is the manager of Henry Cavill, who, along with The Rock, produced Shazam and the Black Adam movies. So, I kind of see the point, like, Dwayne Johnson's on board with this, because, I mean, here's the reason why. You have the Snyder Cut coming out. Shazam. Shazam was actually a really good movie. And it actually did pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed Shazam. I was just like laughing my ass off. Because it was just like. It's one of those fun. Fun movies you have to watch. Because it's like entertaining. So. And Dwayne Johnson of course. You know like you have to keep Superman intact with the DCEU and all that like it, here's the thing about it like a lot of people including myself are like tired of reboots like how many times do you have to reboot Superman I mean seriously like there has been more Superman reboots than actual Superman sequels isn't that kind of sad like, I know that the the uh, Superman Returns is sort of, kind of, um, a sequel to Donner, but Superman Returns was boring. And not only that, but that movie basically destroyed an actor's career, because... Brandon Routh has not really done anything since he hadn't done anything after Superman Returns until he did the uh, Arrow where he played the Atom and he was on Legends of Tomorrow and of course he left and who knows what he's doing now but of course you know it's not his fault you had Brian Singer who was just like I'm making this movie to write off the success of Devil's Wear Prada. And it's like, no woman's going to pay money to see Superman films. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, unless you have Meryl Streep playing a villain, <laughs> then by all means. So, anyway, let's get to the uh, other story. Birds of Prey controversy erupts with the director, with director Kathy Yan. The ill-fated Birds of Prey and I did walk I was in the store like I am not making this up like uh, after Half Price Books and V-Stock I was at Walmart and of course I had my face mask cover on but you know I walked past the DVDs section not one person really bought Birds of Prey at all like nobody was really buying it like you know and it's kind of sad like I I sort of feel 
bad for the people involved in Birds of Prey. Like, you could have made a good Birds of Prey film. You really could have. You could have made a really good one. Like, the TV show is really good. But the sad part is, the TV show just didn't catch on. Like, And, of course, the problem with the TV show was that, you know, people were asking the question, even in Batwoman, where is Batman? Is the question like, and I I still recommend people to watch the Birds of Prey TV series. I highly recommend it because it's a really good show, and it's one of those shows that after you watch it, you're like, man, this show could have been something more if it had season two and three going. But it sadly just didn't, you know, didn't, you know, get a season two, a season three. It didn't even get like a comic book, like, you know, sequel series. I mean, the only time it ever had like a sequel, like a true definitive sequel was in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like the actress who played Helena Wayne was in it and the actress who was Barbara Gordon in it made a voice cameo. Like, that was it. Like, they... And that was the thing about it. Like, they didn't even bring all the heroes, like, together to fight uh, the villain. Like, they did with, like, Titans. (laughs) Or, um... uh, That Avengers movie. Like, they didn't do any of that. Like, that would have been awesome. Like, you could have had, like... You know... You could have had Kevin Conroy in the Batman suit. In a in a final, you know, fight sequence, you could have done it, but they didn't. Like that was just like the one thing that you know aggravates me. So anyway, the Birds of Prey movie, uh, the ill-fated Birds of Prey movie, is again returns with controversy with Kathy Yan lets loose on Twitter. Yan who who you could have argued sort of directed Birds of Prey, took to Twitter to shoot down earlier rumors about the film, but seemingly compared her experience working on the movie to David Ayer on The Suicide Squad and, we can assume, Zack Snyder on Justice League. Before we got, before we get to the Yan, Yan addresses the rumors previously that it was reported a deadline that the first cut of Yan's Birds of Prey tested really poorly, so Warner Brothers had DCEU Walter Amanda uh, had DCEU Walter Amanda had to go fix the movie. Deadline reports I heard the first cut of the really poor Birds of Prey uh, the really sorry the first cut was really poorly and DC had DC film boss Walter Amanda got the Birds of Prey film into shape of being critically praised and let the film that it is as it's been widely reported that there were reshoots common for those big event film like this. So, I did read that once. Like, uh, I think I talked about it in the episode of the show where I talked about how <clears throat> they screened the film and there was, of course, leaks on Reddit about the film and it just... <laughs> I I even laughed at it. It's even the same with like Wonder Woman. Apparently, like you know, 
a monkey paw or something, monkey foot or something, and just sort of like, <laughs> I just, I did see a lot of uh, Wonder Woman 84 stuff at Walmart, the Funko Pop, I even bought like a little mystery box, which was like four bucks, and I opened it, and I opened the bag, and it's Wonder Woman, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> And I, I I will admit, like, the little figure is adorable. It, of course, it's Funko, and it was a little adorable, like, cartoony figure of Wonder Woman. So it's adorable, little figure, so. Uh, so, it's no big surprise that Birds of Prey need to be needed fixing, as Kathy Ann had previously experienced on big-budget flicks. Regarding to David Ayer, who vocal who's vocal about studio interference of a Suicide Squad, which I can agree with. I mean, David Ayer directed a lot of, you know, stuff. Let's get to his filmography, and I will name off the films that he directed. Imagine if they ever did, like, James Cameron's films and they had to do, like, do reshoots and stuff. That dude would fucking lose it. <laughs> so, Ayer directed Harsh Times with Christian Bale. Which, by the way, is a good film. Very sad. Street Kings... End of Watch... I did see that film, by the way. That is a good film. Hall did a great job in that film. Sabotage. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is in it. Fury. That is a good film, by the way. I I think it's a brilliant film. And after Fury, he did Suicide Squad. Then he did Bright. Bright is also a f- action film that is really good as well. I also recommend that. I also recommend that one. And he did Tax Collector. Then he's doing The Dirty Dozen, which I can't believe they're doing a remake of Dirty Dozen. Whoever plays Joseph. Walt Slide, who is um, who's played by Char- uh, Charles Bronson. Good luck, because <laughs> I will say that good luck trying to impress me with playing that role. Because Charles Bronson is a fucking legend. Like, if there was ever like one actor I always wanted to see play Batman, Charles Bronson. Watch Death Wish, or watch a clip of him. In a movie, you know, he would be awesome as Batman. Love you more. So, those films I named off that Ayer directed, a lot of them are good films. They were, they were really good. I mean, Harsh Times is, I wouldn't say Harsh Times is a good, you know, it was a decent film. But Fury, um, Bright, those were good films that Ayer had full control of. When you watch Suicide Squad, it's like watching an acid trip happening. (laughs) 
like the editing and stuff was just so rushed and so uneven and a lot of people point that out is like i mean a lot of people didn't point out like how bad the acting was i mean jared leto was over the top what do you expect and the same goes with margot robbie but a lot of the editing and and stuff is just so rushed it is just very very rushed and a lot of people point that out and it you know sort of aggravates me about that and i think that's the problem that you know ayers you know saying like hey you know the editing just sucks everything about it is just not that good so anyway uh it's unknown what kathy yan's true version of birds of prey had been we can also assume that margot robbie who starred and produced it the flick grossed one of the is the lowest grossing dc films ever it only opened to 33 million dollars and barely made 200 million at the box office and it's reportedly that it didn't take it didn't make a profit i also think it was the lowest selling blu-ray dvd blu-ray and dvd of all dc movies which is probably true because i did not see anybody really buy that film i didn't really see it i see a lot of people like walk past it and looked at it but they didn't buy it um so i mean i see more people buy like the dc movie collection which has man of steel dawn of justice suicide squad justice league and wonder woman i've seen a lot of those go um i also seen a lot of people buy shazam but when you think like i said before like when you have Harley Quinn, I mean, like, here's the thing about it. Like, look at the cover, the DVD and Blu-ray cover of Birds of Prey. Then look at the rating. They don't add up together. A lot of people will look at it and be like, oh, this looks like a movie that a kid could, a kid could sit through. And they look at the rating, they're like, no. <laughs> because, I mean, here's the thing about it. When you have Harley Quinn, who's already established... PG-13 character and, you know, Suicide Squad. A lot of people are going to be like, that's that character is a PG-13 character. She's in cartoons. She's in, you know, and stuff. And it's like, the same even goes for, sadly, uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse. A lot of people aren't buying it because it's an R-rated animated film. Like, you could put Constantine in an R-rated film. You could put Swamp Thing in an R-rated film. But when your main character is Harley Quinn, nobody's going to buy it because it's an R-rated film. And also, Harley Quinn is really liked by younger people, mainly middle school and high school kids. Those kids love Harley Quinn. Their parents ain't going to take them to an R-rated film. Sorry. It ain't gonna happen, and that's the thing about it. It's like if they made if they made Birds of Prey in a PG thirteen movie, it would have made a lot of money back. It would have probably made the same amount of money as Shazam or as Suicide Squad. 
this movie didn't make a lot of money back because one, it's an R-rated movie. That's how it is. So, uh, things got so bad during release of the movie that theaters around the globe changed the title in an attempt to get more viewers and seats, which ended up, which didn't end up working. Like I said, I mean, here's the thing about it. They should have edited it to a PG-13 movie. <laughs> then they could have released the, you know, a Harley Quinn cut on DVD and Blu-ray, which is rated R. They could have done that. Or the Insane Quinn cut. Something. But they didn't. <laughs> so... Uh, here's what Kathy Yan uh, wrote. Um, David Ayer wrote, This was uh, reshot because the tone was too dark. My first act was normally constructive film, which I took inspiration from Nolan, Christopher Nolan. There were real scenes and incredible acting between Jared and Margot. Joker was terrifying. Harley was complexed. Hmm. And here's what Kathy Ann retweeted and wrote. I'm sorry this happened to you, David. I know the pain. Kathy Ann responds to the Birds of Prey rumor. Getting back to the uh, rumor while back claimed a YouTuber, Grace Randolph, and tit that initial plan for was for Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask to go after teenage Cassandra Kane and swallowed a diamond with a dick pic. Yan and uh, Randolph went back and forth on Twitter, alleged dick pics in movies in the movie. With Yan stating there was never the case, that was never the case. However, Randolph stands by what she reported. Uh, Randolph re- retweeted Yan's comment to David Ayer. Randolph said, "I told you guys, massive reshoots largely take out the dick pic storyline and add in the action." I'm surprised Yan would jump on this bandwagon, though. Birds of Prey was very well received by critics and had a very strong fan base and defending the film as is DCEU. Yan responded, Excuse me, I have no idea what you're talking about. It fascinates me what you deemed to try when you when you weren't part of the process whatsoever. Randolph, no reporter is ever part of the process. It's that they're, diff- they're different jobs. Even though I reported common knowledge with many insiders I brought it to the public I gave your film a good review and I said here you have strong fan base so logically there should be no problem here Yan and I thank you for the support but let's get to the let's get the record straight there was never dick pics you're peddling a pedophile rumor and is not journalism Peddling any gossip is not journalism. I know I was one. So, so I I kind of believe Kathy Yan's response. Um, 
And like she said, there was never any questions brought up about that to her during the pressing of Birds of Prey. And I'm sure that if she was asked about the rumors of, you know, pictures and the diamond thing, she would be like, no, there was never any of that in the film. And I believe Kathy Ann. And to get to the David Ayer film and talking about, you know, the Joker and all that, I kind of want to see what he would have would have done. I'll be honest with you. I kind of would want to see it. Um, you know, I'm always, you know, on board to see any film that, you know, comes out. I mean, like, here's the thing about it. Um, I, I've heard a story before, um, Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers getting into it. Back when Man of Steel was happening, there was reports that Christopher Nolan had to stand between Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers because uh, because Warner Brothers was worried about what Snyder was going to do with Superman, and Nolan was like, you know, like let the dude do what he's wanting to do with Superman. And I'm sure there was times that Nolan had his problems with with Warner Brothers, like starting from Batman Begins to Dark Knight. Um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people got you know furious and angry about uh, Christian Bale being cast as Batman because probably nobody never heard of Christian Bale. At the time, this is before Christian Bale became who we all know. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that a lot of people were asking what Nolan's doing, you know, and all this, and Nolan was just like, you know, fuck off, let me do my film. And the same goes with um, Heath Ledger being cast. A lot of people didn't want Heath Ledger as the Joker, believe it or not. This was after he did Brokeback Mountain and stuff. And a lot of people just did not want Heath Ledger playing Joker. And it had to take Ledger time to convince people that he could be the Joker and stuff. And Ledger knocked it out of the ballpark. And the same even went with um, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. A lot of people didn't want Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Because a lot of people just didn't... I mean, like even with the whole look, people at first did not like it. And they didn't know where this film was going. <laughs> and... That film was just crazy. Um, But it was a good film. And the point I'm getting is... I would love to see many director cuts. I mean, shit. I would love to see a Batman Forever director's cut. 
Because there are scenes in Batman Forever that was done that nobody's never seen before. Like Harvey Dent Two-Face breaking out of Arkham, killing an Arkham doctor, hanging him in the cell. Like that was fucking dark. Crazy. And of course, with the doctor hanging in a cell, there's, you know, the, the light hits the wall and there's blood on the wall that says, the bat must die. Like, that was some crazy stuff. And there's even, like, some Dark Knight Returns reference where Bruce Wayne, Val Kilmer, walks through the Bat Cave trying to. and, you know, trying to find who he truly is. And there's a giant bat in the cave waiting for him. It's almost like a Kamazot type bat. Like, it's like a huge fucking bat. Like looking at him. And they both have a stare down. Like it's an epic scene. And some of those scenes are even on YouTube. And I'm just like man. I would love to see. The Schumacher. Batman Forever cut. And I mean. I'm sure there's like Tim Burton. Batman Returns cut. I'm sure there's. You know. A lot of director's cuts of films that studios interfered. Like, I would love to see... I, I would love to ask Tim Burton, Hey, is there a Tim Burton cut to Batman Returns? That there are scenes that we never got to see? And stuff? Like... I mean, Burton had to, like... Burton actually reshot the ending of Batman Returns. Like, he... Like, somebody at Warner Brothers had him redo the ending... And I take it Burton redid the ending because he wanted to do a Catwoman movie. So he ended up like redoing the ending where it shows Catwoman at the end of Batman Returns. Because apparently the person who wrote it wanted Catwoman to be dead. And Burton's like, nope, not happening. And they redid the ending. Like, I would love to see, like, you know, a director's cut of, like, Batman Returns. Batman Forever. We can't save Batman and Robin, okay? We cannot save that film. <laughs> I'm sorry. That film... That film was DOA when it came out. <laughs> Dead on arrival. <laughs> so... Um, you know, like... I mean, there's a lot of films that... I'm sure there there's a lot of, like... A lot of director's cut that, you know, has never been done. You know. But I would love to see, like, I would love to see even a Nolan's cut. Uh, I would love to see, like, scenes in, you know, Dark Knight Rises that never seen in the light of day. You know, like, I, you know, that's the thing that kind of, like, I I love the Dark Knight Rises it's amazing film either way and especially with this time that we're in the film makes perfect sense you know but the thing that kind of you know bugged me a bit with the um, dark knight rises was i wanted to see more of anne hathaway's catwoman like the film like i honestly like i wish I could go back in time and be like, 
convince Warner Brothers and somebody there. Make that film a two-parter. Like, give it the Harry Potter treatment. Like, split that film in two parts. Like, you get one part and you get the other part. Like, you know, like, th- that film should have been three hours. It's like, fuck, I wish HBO Max existed. Because that film, Dark Knight Rises, should have been longer. It should have been a longer movie. But, you know, it isn't. So, that I mean, that's the thing that sucks about it. Like, the story is so epic. And it should have given the, you know, it should have been, it should have went out like a epic last tale of Batman in the Nolan verse and stuff, but you know so another article appeared oh wait, that's back in 2019 sorry Uh, Chris Evans Captain America Captain America and his mighty shield. <laughs> Every time I hear about Captain America, I think of uh, how it should have ended in their song. Uh, yeah, the song of Captain America. So, Chris Evans... Following the Chris Evans over is over party on Twitter, we've learned that the actor's time as Captain America is over as well. Recently appeared on the Graham Norton show. Never heard of it. He has confirmed that his Captain America time is over. When the Avengers Endgame happened, he said, Yes, I think it is, Evan said. I had a great run. We went out with such a high note. And that it would be too risky to revisit, in my opinion. And it's such a good experience. And I think it's better left that way. Well... Evans might have be done might be done with the live action cap. Fans might get at least to hear Evans provide his voice for Captain America one last time. And the upcoming Disney Plus What If the animated series. And What If animated series follows the fe- uh, feature uh, sorry series features MCU actors providing voice for characters and Captain America will appear in the episodes as Zombie Cap. Last year, I uh, actually saw Chris Evans' r- rumored return in the Disney Plus to reunite with Haley Atwell's Peggy Carter, according to Evans at above. The rumor doesn't look to be true. It, what, what's odd is, though, is the Russo brothers actually teased Chris Evans. Chris Evans wasn't done following the Avengers Endgame. I think it's, uh, Joe Russo said, quote, I think it's more emotional for him than us. And said about uh, filming the final scenes for, with Evans in the end game back in November 2018. Only because he's not done yet, laughs. I don't want to explain what that means, but the audience will soon understand what I'm talking about. There's actual speculations that Captain America could be played by another actor, perhaps in part of the multiverse. And there is speculations that Captain America, played by another actor, might appear in the upcoming 
Disney Plus Loki series. Loki teleports away to a time with the time stone and would create his own timeline and it gets very complicated. And it would be impossible for Cap to uh, Cap to show up timeline unless he found Loki, Joe Russo told Business last year. The minute that Loki does something as dramatic as taking the space stone, he creates a breached reality. We're dealing with the idea of the multiverse. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like to see him come back as Captain America. Like, I, I really enjoyed the first Avenger Captain America which was a good movie um it's kind of weird though like I don't really enjoy a lot of MCU films that much like I don't really I don't know why I I guess like for me I like the first Captain America film I like the first Hulk not the Hulk uh Ang Lee's Hulk no I like the Incredible Hulk (laughs) um I like the first Iron Man movie Ant-Man, you know, um, but I just never really enjoyed the Avengers movies, I just never, I never really could get into them, like, I don't know why, and I guess, like, I, I, I guess, like, for me, I like the first Avenger, uh, the ending kind of hit me, where, uh, Cap wakes up, and he's, like, in the current timeline, uh, the current timeline that kicks off the um you know the Avengers and he just looks around Times Square and he's just like lost and confused and and he asks Nick Fury like where am I and yeah, he asks like what happened and did we win and Fury's like you've been asleep Cap and that kind of hit me like he just wakes up like and he's like in the um the world of now you know that like that part kind of hit me like and you know um you know it was just kind of sad though and it's like and I remember somebody sent me like a photo not a photo but like a video of him as old man cap and I was just like, oh, man, that's how it ended? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, for me, I I hope they do something right with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, I hope they do something right with it and stuff. But I don't blame, you know, Chris Evans being like, I'm done with Captain America and all that. Like, because, you know, if he went out with a, you know, a good ending, then, you know, let him enjoy it. That's all I can say about that one. <sighs> so, anyway, uh, I guess we're wrapping up the podcast we've been on for an hour and 36 minutes. <laughs> so, I guess we could look up, like, one more article. Um, kind of give our thoughts and opinions on it. see what the bleeding cool has to offer um 
Ah, here we go. DC Comics is to publish Ridley Pearson's Indestructibles graphic novels. The suspense thriller Ridley Pearson, who wrote original graphic novel trilogy The Indestructibles, drawn by... I don't even know who that dude is. Is coming to DC Comics in August next year. The middle grade graphic novels follows 12-year-old boy who manifests an indestructible power uh, to enter a wildfire of heroic missions along with his friends with similar things. So, So Ridley Pearson's getting his own... uh, Oh, I guess he's getting his old graphic novels like republished and all that. That's pretty cool. I, you know, if you ever like, if you're ever looking for like a book, like something to enjoy. Um, I highly recommend his. Um, I highly recommend Ridley Pearson's. Uh, Kingdom Keepers, which is about—I I, forget—it's it, about these uh, kids who are in the Disney theme parks, and it's like—and it comes alive or something. And it's really a good novel. Like I really enjoy his novels. Like I'm not a like I said, like I'm not the biggest Disney uh, fanatic. Like my cousins are. My cousins are like huge Disney fans. <laughs> Like they went to Disney, like they went to Disneyland and Disney World. I was just like, I never been to I never been to either one. <laughs> and I'd be honest, I'm happy where I'm at, um, going to Six Flags and all that. Like I'd rather have my photo taken with Peppy Le Pew than Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Except now you can't because you know you have to be a social distance. Um, <laughs> oh, you want your photo with Peppy Le Pew? You gotta stand six feet apart from him. <laughs> so, um, I never been to Dis. Like I said, I never been to Disneyland, Disney World. I, I don't feel like going, um, at all. Like I just don't. Even though they have like the cool, like, um, even though they have like the cool. Marvel Park now, like which I, th- I I will admit it's pretty cool looking. Uh, but ever since they took down the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror and replaced it with Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> like, I I like Guardians of the Galaxy, but you took away a classic ride, man. Like you. You took away a classic ride. It's kind of like when they took away Twister the ride, which was like something that I always wanted to get on. It was my bucket list. Um, and they replaced it with Jimmy Fallon, which I was just like, well, fuck off. <laughs> like, you you replaced a classic movie ride, Twister the ride, which you could watch on YouTube. But it, you get to live the experience of like what a tornado would feel like if a tornado came at you. I was just like, shit, that would be awesome. But man, like, they took away that. Um, 
Sean Hannity. Rich Johnson gets mad at Sean Hannity for wearing a Punisher pin on Fox News talking about protests. Sean Hannity, this is Rich Johnson's article. Sean Hannity is an American talk show host and conservative political commentator host of The Sean Hannity Show, a U.S. syndicated radio show and commentary of the program Hannity on Fox News. Has a reputation of promoting conspiracy theories and claims that the murder of Seth Rich was part of conspiracy and falsehoods about the Hillary Clinton health. Uh, yeah. Let me read how this dude died. Because Hillary Clinton... Hillary Clinton's fucking crazy. Like, if you ever want to know what a comic book character would look like in real life, look at Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, let me tell you how... Seth Rich died. He died more than a half an hour after receiving two gunshot wounds in the back while walking down a sidewalk. That's how the dude died. Alright, here it is. Uh, shooting and death. At 4.20 a.m. on July, July 10, 2016, he was walking back from his apartment to his southwest corner uh Flagger Palace of West W Street what Northwest in the blooming Gale neighborhood of Washington DC earlier that night. He has been at Lou City's bar, a sports pub, and was walking back to his apartment. He was a regular customer there. Uh, when he left the bar closing at one 30 to 145 police were alerted of a gunshot at 4:20 a.m. and he was shot in the back so that's what happened uh let's see falsehoods about Hillary Clinton's health he was an early supporter of Donald Trump and he's often acted as a mouthpiece for Trump's messaging. And he speaks about Trump most of the weekdays. This is includes criticizing the media for attacking special counsel inquiry and discouraging social distances as a coronavirus hit. He has spoken at the president's lecture, a Trump rally, the White House advisory, characterization him as a shadow chief and chief of staff. So this, so Rich Johnson got pissed off because he wore a Punisher pin. That's what he got pissed off about. So he got, that's what he got pissed off about was just was just that he wore a Punisher. Um, pen. That's what Rich Johnson's basically angry about. I don't see the problem with it. I mean, I, I really don't. Maybe Sean Hannity's a fan of the Punisher, but also you have to remember Frank Castle was a cop. 
And when Captain America died, he basically wore the Captain America mantle thing, I guess. I don't know. I haven't read it in a while. I haven't read Marvel comics in a while. Um, and here's the thing about it. like A lot of military people have Punisher symbol. They have the Captain America symbol. Like That's what it is. And, of course, a lot of people, you know, including myself, you know, wear the Batman symbol. Because that's what, you know, I like to wear. <laughs> so... I think it's kind of stupid and petty to go after somebody for wearing a pin. Like, I mean, shit, is that where we're going at now? Like, that? I'm surprised people haven't wore, like, Joker makeup yet. <laughs> Except the one dude in Missouri who did and, you know, had the creepiest looking mugshot. <laughs> So anyway, um, I think it's kind of stupid to go after somebody for wearing a pin, in my opinion. That is like the dumbest thing ever. Uh, of course, Rich Johnson probably has nothing else to complain about. I mean, he complained about DC doing books Tuesdays instead of Wednesdays. So anyway, um, we're wrapping up the show. I'll be back uh, tomorrow, in fact. I'll be doing tomorrow's show. and So, I will see you all um, tomorrow. So, y'all stay safe. Keep your social social distance. And, yeah, so I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. Wash your hands also.